This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start so let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast. I am joined by a new friend of mine, Mr. Joe Elliston. Joe, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing excellent. How are you doing today? Man, I am absolutely fantastic. I, uh, not as good as you, cause you're getting ready to go on a bear hunt and, uh, and bear hunting has quickly became one of my favorite things. Um, and I am not headed on a bear hunt. So, <laughs> well, I feel for you cause it's, uh, you know, something I've gotten into here recently over the last couple of years. And I got to tell you, man, it's quickly climbing to the top of some of my favorite hunts, maybe just cause you've been kind of cooped up for a while, but. Yeah, wish you were able to get out and maybe do a little bit more of it, but I understand, you know, being in Kansas, not 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 in your backyard necessarily. Now there is good bear hunting not far from me in Oklahoma. Um, obviously there's no spring season, just a fall season, and there is good bear hunting in Oklahoma, and there are big bears in Oklahoma, but it's so expensive for a non-resident to hunt um, that it's it's not worth it. I mean, it's hard to say, well, I can go to Oklahoma and spend x amount of dollars or i can go to colorado or idaho or maine or or new mexico and hunt for a fraction of the price i know it's a lot more travel but it's a fraction of the price um right. so it's just hard to, to to work myself into going to oklahoma to bear hunt as a non-resident yeah i could see that my very first bear i ever saw in my life it was a little town called holdenville oklahoma really yeah my dad grew up in southern oklahoma and there's a little town there and I was young, but we were shooting pistols off of a bridge, and I'll be darned if we didn't see a bear. So that was the first bear That's I awesome. ever saw was was down there in Oklahoma. That's awesome. Um, now, you are from Initial Ascent. Uh, what's your role there at Initial Ascent? So I'm one of the co-founders and co-owners of Initial Ascent. Uh, there's two of us, myself and Dennis. And, um, yeah, he and I have been kind of on this journey since 2000, I guess 2015 is when we actually formed the company. And um, so we are the two owners of it. That's awesome. Uh, I remember I, uh, I stumbled upon your packs. 
I don't know, maybe, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. And, uh, I don't know. It just I got drawn to them because and and I hope I don't use wrong terminology, but, you know, small batch hand hand inspected packs are not built on on a, you know, a, a mass basis. And and uh, and I just got drawn to them and I, I haven't I haven't even tried one out yet, but I'm still anxious to. Yeah. Um, but I just I got drawn to the company because of that reason, you know, uh, more. I don't know, uh, finesse made packs. If that, if that even makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. I mean, if I think about just kind of our journey, you know, when Dennis and I started down this path in 2015, we really had no idea where it was going to go. It started with a conversation just around, you got two guys that you know, both enjoy the outdoors a great deal. Uh, I would say Dennis is more of a gearhead than I am, but, um, we both had a passion for trying to figure out how do you make things better? And, you know, as we just became friends and hunting together, you know, we just were back and forth on, oh, I like this or I like that. We decide, hey, we're going to go try to do some stuff here in the backpack industry. And it's kind of a funny story how that all kind of came together. But um, as we started down that path, it was really a white sheet as to what we were going to go create. We didn't have a set agenda. And it took us three and a half years just to design that frame. And that's really the foundation of our whole system is built off that platform. Um, so yeah, it's different, no doubt about it. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun. Learned a ton about, uh, you know, just manufacturing and so forth. It's, but it's, it's, it's been pretty awesome. But to your point, you know, we make everything pretty much up here in the Pacific Northwest, um, mostly all here in Idaho. And our frames come from eastern Idaho, all the soft goods here in the kind of the Boise Valley. Um, and to your point, yeah, every one of those packs that goes out the door is is personally touched by Dennis or myself. Um, it's kind of been our niche to be able to make sure that we're putting on your back exactly what you expect. And uh, it's been a lot of fun doing it. Sounds like it, man. And uh, believe it or not, you know, we're not here to talk packs. Um, we are to an extent. But uh, before we dive in, man, uh, I do got to give a quick thank you to my friends. And since we're talking about bear hunting in the backcountry uh, of Idaho, I've got to throw in my friends Koa Optics because, um, man, my first uh, out western hunt was actually a bear hunt. And uh, and I had I never even dreamed of having a spotting scope. Uh, you know, I grew up in, in the thick northwest woods of arkansas and you there's no need for a spotting scope no need for binoculars because you can't see past you know 40 yards anyways and uh and i remember my buddies told me i was going to be spending a lot of time behind the glass and so i started doing a whole lot of looking into good high quality binoculars and spotting scopes and i landed on koa optics and i just absolutely have fallen in love with koa optics uh, I truly believe they make the very finest spotting scopes on planet Earth, and the binoculars are fantastic. Um, and I've used them exclusively now for for the better part of probably five years. Um, so if you are in the market for optics, I would highly encourage you to check out Koa Optics um, because they make some of the finest Japanese-made glass on planet Earth. Um, and I would I would put them up against anyone and everyone. So go check out Koa Optics. So Joe, we're going to talk through uh bear hunting essentials or what's in your pack for bear hunting uh particularly spring bear hunting 
um, because that would, I, I, you know, I would change a little bit there for, for fall and spring. So spring bear hunting is upon us. Um, you're, you're about to head out to go on a, on a, on a hunt. And in most States where there are a spring bear season, it is getting ready to open very quickly. So let's talk through, man. Um, let's talk through how you, how you, uh, plan out your pack for a spring bear hunt. So, I mean, it just, you know, for me, we have different pack sizes. So it just kind of depends on how many days I'm going to go for. Uh, typically I'm going to go either with our IA 2K, if I'm going to go for two or three days, and that's a smaller setup, about 2,500 cubic inches. If I'm going to go for say three to five days, then I'm going to run the 4,000 just because I need a little bit more space. Um, you know, right now it's kind of in a transition time down up here in Idaho. You just, you really don't know for sure what kind of weather you're going to face into. I mean, today here in Idaho, I'll give you an example. It's it's not as bad as Kansas can be, but, you know, today here it's, you know, 70 degrees, but we had snow two days ago, you know, up in the mountains from here. We had a pretty good storm moving here. So you're kind of, kind of in that in-between carry maybe a little bit more gear because um, the mornings, nights are going to be pretty chilly. So, um, but for me, like this hunt that's coming up, I'll probably run the 4,000 bag. because I'm going to stay in there for a few more days, probably be in there about three or four days total. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have my basic stuff. I try to go as light as possible. So what I wear, you know, I might bring one extra pair of socks for a three or five day hunt. I'll bring an extra pair of wares, if you will. And outside of that, I'm not going to bring any extra clothes. So to me, you know, I've learned over the years with good quality gear, it's going to hold up. It's going to last. And if I have, you know, one pair of socks on my feet and another pair in my bag, you know, I can rinse them out in the stream and rotate them. Really try to cut the weight back with the clothing and, and go as minimal as possible. That seems to work well for me. I will not go in the backcountry this time of the year without a puffy. And it's just a staple in my pack. Um, so you, you can guarantee I will have a puffy jacket that goes with me. And then um, typically this time of the year also, I may even throw in my puffy pants. Because, again, those mornings can be pretty chilly glassing. And I'm, I'm testing this year. This is going to be new for me. I'm going to try, uh, try a new pad system this year with a quilt. And I haven't ever done the quilt before, but, you know, I don't know, Dylan, if you've ever ran the quilts or not, but, you know, it's another way to cut some weight out of it. So I am going to try that this year, I'm running the Cedar Ridge. I'm excited to, to be able to run that. And if it gets a little chilly at night, then I'll have those, you know, my puffy pants that I can throw on, my puffy jacket, and I'll be fine. So, um, you know, that's it kind of from a clothing perspective. You know, I'll run a single person tent. I've got a big Agnes ultralight that I run this time of the year. It's basically a taco. Um, although I am looking to go into the shelters here, probably at some point this year. Um, I want to look at some of the teepees that are out there. But for this hunt, definitely be running just the uh, the single person. Again, it helps me allow me to keep the weight down. And I turned away from a water pump to pretty much going just with a steri pen. Again, focused on trying to take as much weight. So probably a three liter that's just my dirty bag. And um, and then I can just filter, you know, straight in the Nalgene with the uh, the steri pen. And again, that's a way just to cut some weight out of the equation. 
Um, you know, I have your basic stuffs, right? You're gonna have your headlamps, your, you know, a couple extra sets of batteries, although I try to go as minimal as possible there and make sure everything's brand new before I go in. Um, definitely carry the in reach. The area that we're going into, it's about eight miles in and um, is actually pretty well known for rattlesnakes. I don't think I've ever been back there without coming across rattlesnakes. So I'll definitely have the in reach with me. Um, you know, so, I mean, that's outside of food, which I try to keep my food at two pounds or less per day, um, which for me is pretty easy. I know for me, when I'm hunting in the backcountry, a lot of times it's just I have to force myself to eat. Um, you know, it's just one of those things you, you put on a lot of miles each day. You're kind of tired. And, it's, yeah, I find myself getting back to camp late at night. And the last thing I want to do is you know, sometimes fix a meal. But it's important that you get those proper calories in you. Go in the back country without some type of pillow. I've got a little blow-up pillow. Uh, but my goal is to be somewhere with all of my gear right around 28 to 32 pounds, including food. Um, now, that does not include my rifle. So if I can get my weight right into that, and I typically can, um, that's a pretty good, you know, comfortable carry for me to be running all day with. Yeah, that's certainly certainly a lot lighter first hunt i went on we get there and and my buddy was like well, let's weigh our bags and and he put mine on and he was like oh 52 good um <laughs> and so i'm like well i do have a lot of camera gear and uh and i ended up leaving a whole bunch of stuff back at the truck but uh now when you mentioned clothing and and not packing extras and only two pair of socks and and uh you know I am a huge advocate of merino wool. Um, always yeah. have been, always will be. And so if you're asking yourself, how does he do that? How can he go five days with two pairs of socks or one shirt? Or um, Then you need to look into merino wool. Um, I am a, a huge fan of minus 33 uh, merino wool. I just, I mean, I feel like they do it really well. They do it at a very affordable price. And they make some some pieces that I really just enjoy. And so, um, go check out Merino Wool if you if you have questions. Um, Merino can be one of those things that um, you know you don't know what weight to get. You don't know um, if you've not ever used it before. Um, you don't you don't know where to go to. Or, or so, shoot me a message um, on on Instagram. Shoot me a message on. On my email, the hunting one oh one podcast at gmail dot com. Shoot me an, an email and uh and I'd love to help you figure out, you know, what kind of weights do you need, where you're hunting at. Um, you know, there's a couple pieces that I've just really fallen in love with. Uh like minus thirty three has a uh I don't know several other companies do, but they have a a three quarter pant zip and they zip all the way down. Uh so I can put them on early in the morning. Um and then I don't have to take my boots off uh to take those off. I can just unzip them and take them off. Um, and so just things like that. Um, I'd love to be able to help you find some Merino that will work for you. Uh, so just shoot me a, an email or a message on Instagram and, uh, and we'll help you get squared away there, um, on, on Merino because it'll change the way you hunt in the back country for sure. It'll change the way you, you pack your pack, um, a hundred percent. So that I, I'm glad that that was the first thing you mentioned because I preach that to guys. Um, yeah. if you're going on a back country hunt, get some good merino it's it's invaluable i couldn't agree more with you i made a post on facebook or on instagram i'm sorry just a couple of days ago and i said the two things that guys neglect are their feet 
and their base layers. Um, that if you have a good pair of boots and you have a good pair of base layers, uh, you're set. Um, you're set, and, and and you know everything else on the outside of that, you can stay comfortable. Um, so I just feel like people always neglect their base layers and their boots. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions about Merino, shoot me a call, uh, or shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Instagram. Um, now going into, and I also like what you said about the quilt. Uh, I'm a quilt guy just because I sleep real hot. Um, so I don't like getting super bunched up in a sleeping bag. Uh, you know, you get a mummy and you can't move your legs or like just right up against each other. Um, I like to sprawl out and I like to, you know, if I get hot with a quilt, I can just flip the flat, like, you know, flip it over my back and, and not be in the just super wrapped up in a, in a burrito, um, of a sleeping bag. So I'm a big fan of a quilt too. I do. I do like quilts. Yeah. I'm anxious to try it this year. I've never ran one before. And, you know, I've had it with a lot of people that just have talked about them for the last several years. And, um, you know, the older I get, the more it's just like, okay, I'm going to cut every ounce that I can. And, um, I've just heard nothing but great things. So yeah, I'm excited to try it out. Yeah. It's just, uh, Man, again, it's lighter, and for me, I sleep more comfortable with one. So why in the why in the right, night? Right. <laughs> um, now, walk me through your walk me through your uh, your your backcountry um, GPS. Like what you I know you mentioned the inReach. Um, walk me through kind. Of, I mean, do you have a wearable? Do you use Onyx? Do you you know have printable maps? Uh, walk me through your kind of navigation system that you use in the backcountry. Yeah. So I mean, for me. Um, here over the last two years, I've been using base maps and, um, they've done some, some recent upgrades to the, to the, to their platform. And I've been for the most part, pretty happy with, it. I've had a few issues at times with some of the downloads not going through, but I think they've corrected all of that. So I do run a uh, base map, but I will tell you, I just, maybe it's just old school in me. Um, I just always make sure though, that. I take a picture on my cell phone of a map book and then I've got that as a backup and that's always proven to be good because sometimes you just get into a place and things don't work electronically like you thought they would. So I want to have a plan B, especially in an area that I'm just not familiar with. Um, I always, before I go into an area though, for the most part, I want to take some time and familiarize myself with the train just through, you know, looking at um, Google Earth, for example, um, and diving into that just so I can make sure, okay, I understand, you know, from this point, here's where my objective is to get from here to here to here over this amount of time. It does make a big difference. Now, there's nothing that can replace boots on the ground, and we've, we've heard that a thousand times, but there is definitely value taking a bird's eye approach to kind of getting a perspective as to, okay, here's the ground that I'm going to try to cover. If I get in a predicament, I, I can visualize in conjunction with if I have a map, you know, picture of the map on my phone uh, to help me get out of just about any situation. So those are the kind of the tools. You know, it wasn't too long ago I was still using a GPS, um, but just as I've gained confidence in, you know, base maps here over the last two years, um, I've opted to leave that at home and and just leverage the uh, the base maps platform. Yeah, I got you. Um, I you know my kind of my fallback, and like you said, you have that that 
safe haven of a picture on your phone. Um, I do 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 the same. I just screenshot some things on Onyx, you know, mm-hmm. um, that way, uh, like real distinct landmarks. Um, that way it's not like looking for a clearing in the trees or a cut in the trees or a specific one little ridge. But, you know, if you can find like a helipad and, and take a screenshot of that, that way you know where it's at. Or if you can find, um, you know, a big river that runs somewhere and it intersects with another, and that way you know without a doubt, this is where I'm standing. I'm looking right at it. Um, so yeah, I, 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 uh, I take a couple like screenshot type, um, safety measures, I guess is what we're going to call them. Um, but I'm also a huge fan of saving my points. Um, uh, Garmin, uh, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Garmin. Uh, but if you go into like the Garmin Explore app, then you can save like glass point one, glass point two, um, campsite one, campsite two, um, whatever truck, uh, parking lot. I mean, you can save those points on, uh, the Garmin Explore app, and then you can, um, sync them to your, to your Phoenix six or your instinct. Um, and then you can navigate to those points just by your watch. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I do quite a bit of those things before I ever get there. Um, and so if I have a friend, you know, hunting an area and I'm going to be meeting them there. Um, then they'll create those points in Garmin Explore, share them with me. I can upload them to my watch and then I know, okay, I'm, my truck's parked where I need to park it at. Um, and I can go to navigate me to glass point one on my instinct and it'll have a map showing me where to go to get to glass point one. Um, and so I do a lot of those things. Also, I make sure and always save my locations as I go. Um, you know, just hold down the button for save my location on my watch. And, uh, you know, I can mark truck or I can mark uh camping spot and I can mark, um, you know, last blood. I mean, all those things that way, uh, if at any time I get turned around, I can go back and say, well, I know this is where I was camping last night. I know this is where my truck is parked because if I can get back to my truck, that's okay. You know, nothing else matters. Um, so, uh, in the event of <laughs> like, you're completely turned around. If I can get back to my truck, I'll be all right. So, uh, I just always save those points as I go. Um, now you said you're rifle hunting. Um, are you, do you ever bow hunt in the back country? Or are you just a rifle hunter? So I do bow hunt. I'm a new bow hunter. I would say though. Um, you know, I did it when I was a kid back in Kansas and you know, I didn't pick my bow back up till probably about five years ago. And even when I picked that bow up, it was the bow I was shooting, you know, 30 years ago or more. Um, so I would say I'm, I'm fairly new bow hunter. I love it. I mean, I absolutely enjoy it. You know, I've ended up building a kind of an archery setup out in my pasture. So I'm able to just kind of go out there and, you know, I can fling arrows all the way out to hundred yards out there, which is a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, I would say here over the last two or three years, it's become more and more of a passion for me trying to transition into that into just more of the bow, the bow hunting, that up close personal interaction that you get with the animals. Uh, it's, it's irreplaceable. Right. And oh, it's absolutely. just, so, and it just, you know, it expands season, your time out in the back country. That's the true blessing for me is just being out, out there in a lot of ways. So, but yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. I, I changed my whole setup this year. So I'm kind of starting back from scratch. You know, I was, my draw length, I shortened about an inch and a half, which is a lot. Um, Kind of mixing everything up, so I'm all over the board right now, <laughs> as you can imagine. But um, that's part of the fun, right? Just the the, the fine tuning, the tweaking, 
learning. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's a full on process, that's for sure. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah, man. You don't have to tell me nothing. I'm switching to a recurve uh, currently. No boy, and so big switch. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, you um, you go from. <laughs> You go from expecting it to hit a ping pong ball, and now I'm happy to hit a salad plate. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so it's a different ball game, man. And I really have to remind myself of that. Like this is a, you know, like you said, going from a rifle to a bow, you shrink your yardage from you know two to three hundred yards down to forty to fifty yards or sixty yards, and then going to a recurve, you shrink that down to twenty to thirty yards and in. And so you know, I really just have to remind myself um, I'm taking a step forward as far as i have to get closer to the animal now um which uh, it just adds a whole new aspect to the hunt but no so i completely understand what you're saying my friend um what's one of the biggest questions or i'm sorry what's one of the biggest lessons you learned um when you when you dove into backcountry and backcountry hunting uh what's one of the biggest lessons you learned as far as gear goes Oh, man. So I think you hit on one of the things earlier when I first started out, and I think a lot of people do this as well. You're hesitant to make investment in the proper gear. And and I, I certainly did that with my share of boots. Um, can't tell you how many sets of boots I went through in the beginning years just because I was afraid to pull the ticket, you know, for those higher dollar, you know, items. But the amount of pain and blisters and really dollars wasted. Um, it really did add up. Man, I believe you nailed it square on the head with the boots. Um, you know, I would just run to big box stores and find whatever boots were on sale and, uh, and then lace them up and go hunting. And I really didn't even understand how bad of a problem hot spots and blisters were until I put on a good pair of boots. Um, I am a huge believer in Schnees, um, out of Bozeman, Montana. They have had my heart for a long time and, and mainly because it was the moment I laced them up and put them on. I was like, I've never experienced boots before. You know, um, this is my first pair of what I've ever had before. They didn't feel anything like this. And so mm -hmm. I'm a huge believer in Schnees and, uh, I'm a huge believer that if you take care of your feet, they'll take care of you. Um, so I would encourage you, um, check out Schnee's and all of their products at Schnee's.com. Um, that's S H that's S C H N E E S.com. Um, but there are a lot of other good, a lot of other good boot companies out there, but boots are something that do, do not, do not, you know, try to cut corners on. I would just encourage you, um, bite the bullet on boots before you bite the bullet on anything else. Uh, because it'll change the way you look at the next ridge. It'll change the way you think about staying the next the next day. It'll change the way, I mean, it'll just change the way you hunt, having a good quality pair of boots. And again, if you've got any questions on boots, on what I run and why I run it and the stiffness I like and the insulation I like, shoot me an email. Shoot me a message on Instagram. I would love to help you uh, figure out what boots will work good for you. Um, now, what's your field note for us? Um, and And – being the nature of a pack company, share with us a field note that you've learned over the years about your pack. So when you say field note, are you just talking about best practices with pack? Yeah, you know, just something that you've learned over the years um, and you've, you know, made mental note of uh, that made you a better sportsman. Um, 
you know, so I can take it and put it in my back pocket and become a better sportsman. Um, I don't want to steal your note, but you know, my, my first field note from the back country was put all your heavy stuff against your back. Um, yeah. you know, don't, don't put your, don't put your, your base layers against your back and then put your, you know, camp your, your cooking system out on the outside because it's going to weigh you back more. Uh, so put all your heavy stuff up against your back as close to your back as you can get it. Um, that's, you know, yeah. that's the first field note I ever took from the back country. No, and I think that's a very valid statement, right? And it's one of the things that we preach to folks when, you know, we're teaching folks on how to pack a system, you know, how to how to actually, you know, build a pack up with all the gear and so forth. So, you know, one of the things that we really, really stress with people, and I don't care which backpack it is, I would highly encourage them before they put one foot out there in the backcountry that they make sure that thing fits them properly. You know, boots can cause you a lot of issues, but a pack that doesn't fit you right, it's almost on the same level of discomfort, if not more, if you got a heavy load. So I would really encourage folks to go in, take the time, you know, get 20, 30, 40 pounds, put it in the pack, get it so that it rides up where it's a little bit higher. You know, I see a lot of guys that are packing and they've got all the weight on their shoulders. Um, they've got that, the, the, you know, the, 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 the meat that they're hauling out, it's you know, down below their butt. And they're just look miserable. And if you're able to kind of figure out, okay, I need the, the weight to ride a little bit higher up on my back. You know, I want to be able to get this where the weight is driven into my hips, not so much my shoulders. It's a game changer. I mean, it's, it truly is. Now, don't I feel like ours is really designed to do that. So I would encourage people, we've got a nice video on our website that shows you how to fit a pack properly. Um, highly recommend checking that out. But get some weight in a in your pack, whatever pack you have. Use that to make the adjustments of shoulder straps, hip belts, torso lengths, all of those things, and you'll have a much better experience. I see so many people just grab their pack and go, and um, heaven forbid they get an animal down. Boy, they they may need help getting themselves out sometimes. Yeah. No, great tip, man. Great tip. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's another piece of the puzzle that. On my first hunt, I had no idea. Um, you know, I was used the only backpack I ever carried was to a tree stand. And that was two hundred yards from your pickup to your tree stand. And all that was in it was some snacks and an extra beanie. And, you know, I had no idea. And I remember getting there in like the first twenty minutes, I'm like, I was miserable. And uh finally my buddy said, Wait, 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 let me look at this, you know, and he sucked my straps up and and pulled the pack way up on me and 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 I'm like, Whoa big difference um just a world of difference that 30 seconds made and i had a very cheap pack you know that was one thing that i definitely skimped out on i actually still kind of run a cheap pack i'm sorry don't get on to me um <laughs> but you know again like you said very good advice on on making investments over the years and uh and that's something that's on my to-do list to upgrade just haven't done it yet um you know i i really looked at at my my first really breakdown was first off boots um, cause I was like, this sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, and so first big breakdown was boots. Next, I really looked into my sleeping system and thought, how can I upgrade this? Man, my first backcountry hunt was a seven day hunt, uh, in the middle of the mountains. And, uh, and I had one of the $19.99 single sleeper, uh, tents from Walmart. Slept good. <laughs> yeah. No, I slept horrible. Uh, yeah. I relied heavily on, uh, Tylenol PM to get me through that trip. Um, but Hey, listen, I promise you this, it worked like it, it got me through the hunt, you know? 
Um, yeah. So whether you can afford, you know, whether you can afford a a six hundred dollar tent, a three thousand dollar tent, or a twenty dollar tent from Walmart, it worked. Um, I'm not saying I was the most comfortable guy on the trip, but it did. It got me into the mountains for seven days um, and got me out, and I was dry all week. So um, really, that's you don't have to, you know, like Joe already said so perfectly, you don't have to make this huge ten thousand dollar investment right off the bat. Uh, find some things and think, okay, this is what I'm going to upgrade this year. And, uh, you know, for me, packs is one of the upcoming things that I need to really work on upgrading. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, great advice. Great, solid advice there. Um, man, share with us before you go, share with us a, a fun bear hunting story you got for us. And I'll share mine after it. And I promise you mine's more embarrassing. <laughs> well, um, I mean, every bear hunt that I've gone on, to me, I'm just like a kid in a candy store. You know, there are those animals that just get you, you know, sometimes just get a screw loose, right, when you see it. And I've always just gotten ecstatic when I see a bear, um, you know, to the point where it's hard sometimes to control emotions. Now, I've become more mature in my hunting, you know, the more years I've done it. And the more years I've had interactions with bears and, you know, most seasons now I see, you know, 20, 25 bears. So I haven't lost that excitement, but I've been able to control my excitement a little bit more. Um, but I do remember one of our first bear hunts and I was with Dennis, my, my business partner, as well as um, my oldest son. And we spotted three bears in this area that I'm going to be going to early on and i had a shot at a blonde and it's an area where it seemed like there's more color phase bears which is always nice but um i didn't take the shot and i probably should have because at the time i was really you know kind of like archery hunting you know with 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 rifle hunting it's one of those things you've got to practice a bunch as well and my neighbors probably think i'm crazy but you know i'll sit in my office and i just dry fire all the time all the time and it builds a ton of confidence in in my ability to shoot without having to go out and shoot a lot at the range. Um, so I was confident on this shot, and it was about a 600-yard shot. And But I opted not to take it. It was early on in the hunt. So rewind or fast forward to the last day, I see that same bear probably a mile, mile and a half away. And I can remember... You know, we ran in a lot of ways over to it. It was about a mile and a half, two miles away, first thing in the morning. And I get set up to shoot, and everything of logic went out the window, right? I mean, it, it was the, it was everything that you're not supposed to do, I did. I, I was trying to do a standing shot, and then I was like, oh, no, that's not going to work. I'm going to put this on this tall boulder. So I put my rifle up with the tripod up on this boulder, and I'm standing on my tippy toes. And I literally grabbed Dennis's pack. And I stand on it. And in the moment, I was like, I'm just, I'm just grabbing his pack. I'm standing on it. Well, come to find out, he had his Swaros in there and all of his oh, optics no. and everything else. So here I am, you know, about as unsteady as you could possibly be, standing on Dennis's, you know, three or $4,000 worth of optics that he's got in there. And I couldn't figure out for the for the life of me as to why he uh, he wasn't too excited about what I was doing. But needless to say, the shot didn't come together the way it was supposed to. Uh, fortunately, I didn't break his optics. 
Um, but uh, yeah, Dennis was uh, all not not too excited about Joe's choice of grabbing his pack to stand on. <laughs> now I told you I had a, a more embarrassing one, and yeah. I do. Um, you know where Atlanta, Idaho is? Oh, very familiar with it. Well, first off, shout out to my boys in Atlanta. Um, I, you know, I fell in love with those guys. Um, just all around cool guys. I mean, just, uh, fun guys. Uh, and, uh, so if you're ever listening to this and you're from Atlanta, any nine of you that are listening to this, um, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, so we were on that hunt uh, and I told you I was there in the Idaho national forest and we we're on this hunt and, uh, and Rob from SNS, um, I don't know, maybe two days before the hunt was over said, well, Hey, you guys are only about 30 miles from Atlanta. And, uh, and so you could drive up there. There's some hot springs, get a bath, uh, get a burger at the, at the little joint there. And, uh, and so we're like, dude, that sounds fantastic. You know, five days without a bath, uh, nothing but mountain house meals. We're like, that sounds awesome. And so we pack out, we drive up there, you know, bathe, burger, drive back and start hunting again. Well, so we hunted for two more days and on the last night we're like, all right, our batteries were, we did not find bears like we thought we would. It was not a good trip. Um, you know, I think we'd saw one bear all week long. She had a cub. So we were just done, you know, I mean, mentally, physically done. And, uh, and so we're like, well, let's, let's head up to, to Atlanta, grab a burger and a bath. And, uh, and then we'll come back down and sleep at base camp or at our trucks, you know, in big wall tents, uh, for the last night to have a good, comfortable night's sleep. And we'll just have an easy day tomorrow. And, uh, so we drove to, to Atlanta, took a bath, got a burger, went our way back and I'm wearing like blue jeans and, you know, like under armor slides because we're just headed to dinner and bath. You know, we didn't even think we were hunting. And on our way back, we think, well, hey, there's a, a helipad right up here. Let's just drive up there. That'd be a good glassing spot. It's almost dark, but we can just drive up there and see if we see any bears. Not expecting to see much since for the first six, seven days, we'd only seen one bear. And sure enough, the moment we get out of the truck, I pull my binos up. Boom, there's a bear there. <laughs> and I'm like, well, crap. Uh, so we range it. And... uh we put this plan together to put a stock on it. And, uh, I look down and I'm wearing under armor slides oh, and I'm boy. like, boys, look at my feet. Like, what are we going to do here? And, uh, you know, it was almost one of those deals where we're like, well, if we're going to chase this bear, it has to be now. Like we're, we can't drive back to the tent to get your stuff and then come back. Um, you know, it's almost last light last night of the hunt. This has to happen right now. So you sit here and glass for us and give us hand signals and we'll go. And I'm like, no, uh-uh, I'm going too. Um, so I put in maybe, you know, six, 700 yards with the slides. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. I can go a lot faster if I just pull these slides off. Um, now, Joe, I grew up in Arkansas, so I got a little bit of redneck hillbilly in me. So I can run <laughs> on, on the side of a mountain barefooted. Uh, so I took those slides off and I'm running across the side of this mountain in Idaho, completely barefooted with a gun in one hand and a camera in the other. And, uh, I keep having to stop. I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got a stick in my foot and I pull it out and it was bleeding. And, and, you know, I, I'm oh, okay. I got a rock in it. Hold on just a second. And I, you know, pull the rock out and we keep running. So we get within 200 yards of this bear. I had a bow, um, and 200 yards was as close as we could get to this bear. The way it was set up, no other choices. So Rob from SNS had a rifle. 
And so I just grabbed his rifle. I lay down on my pack and, uh, and go to shoot. And I missed the bear completely. So I had put in like a mile and a half to chase this bear completely barefooted. And I completely just blow the shot. Oh man. And, uh, and what sucks is we were filming for a TV show. So it's on film of me making a stupid decision to cross hill barefooted. But then after you see me miss, I just turn and look at the camera with the most defeated look you've ever seen on a poor boy's face. And I'm just completely defeated. And uh, the bear trots off never to be seen again, and we go home from Idaho empty-handed. Oh, man. And, and folks that don't aren't familiar with Idaho Mountains, what you were running on was so much rock up in that area. Yeah, it's, uh, it was crazy, that man. That is crazy. It was not fun. Stupid decision. I've still got pictures on my phone of my feet just covered in splinters uh, and, and cuts and bruises, and I, I was literally picking out splinters for like, you know, three and a half weeks after that. And so... Oh. Just not good at all. No, it doesn't sound like it at all. Not at all. But hey, that's hunting, right? I mean, it never never yeah. goes exactly as planned, but when it does, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, no kidding, man. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate your time. Hey, it was a blast talking with you. I sure enjoyed it. And uh, best of luck to you this season, all right? Absolutely. You too, my friend, and we will stay in touch. And uh, maybe next year, 2022, we can plan a spring bear hunt to, to Idaho to come and uh, and uh, chase bears around the backcountry with you. It'd be a lot of fun. Let's, let's put it together. <laughs>